Hello everyone and welcome to episode number 16 of the Make It Stack podcast. I am your host Will Waterhouse and it is good to be back. So today I'm going to talk about my thoughts on financial freedom. Okay, so the term financial freedom is getting a lot of limelight, particularly on social media. Uh, The acronym FIRE, which you might have heard of, um, stands for Financial Independence Retire Early and is a key area of focus on communities such as Reddit um, and is also a common hashtag on Instagram and in the personal finance sphere. And so it seems like large proportions of millennials uh, are aspiring for financial freedom, uh, having seen previous generations toll for decades in jobs at the expense of mental and physical health. So escaping the rat race and pursuing your passions uh, seems to be part of the narrative. So firstly, I think it's helpful if we if we look at the standard definition for financial freedom. So after a quick Google search, according to Forbes, it is defining it is defined as finding yourself in a financial position where you don't need to work unless you want to. Um, but I think this definition could be clearer. And uh, in this particular podcast, I'm going to talk through my own definition of financial freedom and how this can be achieved. So what is my definition of financial freedom? So I define it as uh, the situation where the natural yield on your invested capital is enough to sustain your desired standard of living. So let's just break this down. So natural yield. So this refers to the natural cash flows that capital generates. For example, shares pay dividends, bonds pay interest, and real estate pays rental income. And I'd also extend this definition to capital growth, which can be crystallized easily in liquid markets. And by uh, desired standard of living, uh, this is an explicit monetary amount. So for example, you need £35,000 a year to sustain your lifestyle in retirement uh, adjusted for inflation. Um, And so this begs the question, uh, okay then, how much capital do I need in order to achieve financial freedom? Or how much capital do I need to invest in order to achieve financial freedom? So in short, it depends on two key factors. So the first key factor is the natural yield of your capital. So this determines how much income is generated per pound of invested capital. So for example, let's say you had £100 at a 4% yield. This means that over a year you'd receive £4 um, and a high yield will therefore provide more income over time than than a lower yield investment, uh, all else remaining constant. I'll touch upon the, the limitations later on in the podcast. Um, the the second factor um which you need to look at in order to achieve financial freedom is is your desired uh, standard of living so if you're happy to live a modest lifestyle with you know limited travel holidays discretionary spending then you'll likely spend a lower amount each year than someone who wishes to live more frivolously and likes to jet off to to far-flung exotic locations 
Um, so let's say if you plan to spend £20,000 a year versus £35,000 a year, for instance, you won't require as much capital, which is quite intuitive. You know, if you're not spending as much, you don't need as much investments. So I've done I've done some um, high-level calculations on this. So, so let's say um, you wanted to retire on £20,000 a year, which is not a lot, but we'll, we'll go with it for now. So if, if your portfolio yielded 3%, you'll need about 670,000. If the portfolio yielded 4%, uh, you'll only need uh, 500,000 pounds, so it goes down. And if your portfolio yields 5%, then you'll uh, only need 400,000 um, pounds. This is quite a simple model, so I haven't accounted for tax and things like that, uh, tax on, on, on income, which um, might be um, you know, something that would need to be considered in the real world. Um, so, so, um, I guess from what I've said so far, it, it sounds like you should try and maximize yield then, you know, always go for the highest yielding assets, but, uh, you shouldn't necessarily do that. Uh, the pursuit of yield can be fraught with risk. So current dividend yields are not indicative of future income levels. So for example, um, British American tobacco, uh, also known as BATS, which is the ticker symbol on the uh, UK stock exchange. Um, had a dividend yield of around 8% uh, as at early September when I originally did this analysis. And, you know, this figure is based off the latest reported annual dividend uh, divided by the current share price. So dividend yields can appear high if the share price has reduced substantially in recent years. And so, yeah, th this does apply to BATS. You know, over the last five years, the share price has fallen by approximately 43%. And um, and so th this is important for an investor, you know, a falling share price could signify deteriorating company fundamentals uh, and that could lead to falling earnings in the long run. Uh, in other words, uh, you know, a red flag for future uh, dividend payouts and shareholder returns. And, you know, I guess if you, if you think about British American tobacco uh, in isolation, you know, people generally speaking are more health conscious and fewer people are taking up smoking and, and, and things like that and a lot more health conscious and certainly on the institutional side um you know people uh you know uh yeah institutions are looking to minimize uh you know esg risks and and so yeah they might avoid companies like british american tobacco and so yeah um might, might not be a good investments um so okay so that's that's the that's the dividend side of the equation. But what about bonds? Okay, because um, they also form a part of the portfolio, especially you know when you're getting towards you know retirement and financial freedom. Um, so being a bondholder of company ABC, for example, is less risky than a shareholder uh, in company ABC, and this is because uh, bondholders are paid before shareholders, so they they rank higher at the capital structure. Um, However, companies can still default on their debt obligations, resulting in a permanent loss of capital for investors. I'm sure you've heard of the Evergrande scandal, um, which sort of came to the fore about a month ago. Um, you know, it's, it's looking like they might default on on their interest payments. So yeah, even as even as a bondholder, um, you, you you haven't necessarily got secure capital. Um, so investors should should consider the credit quality. Of the underlying security they uh, they are purchasing 
and uh, how secure the yield on their capital would be on a forward-looking basis. Um, so, you know, you, you can look at ratios like interest coverage, which basically look at how how many times, um, you know, uh, income can, can cover interest costs for bondholders, which, could, which can suggest how stable that would be. Um, as a general rule of thumb, yields of over 6% over the long run may not be feasible in equity or credit markets, but, but I am sure that there will be pockets of value to be found for any enterprising investor that is willing to do the due diligence and the, uh, and, and the in-depth research uh, to, to find these opportunities. I'll also just touch upon uh, real estate. So whilst I'm not an expert on property investing, given that I don't own any, from what I've read, uh, real estate tends to be higher yielding than equity and credit markets, with residential and commercial property fetching between four and five percent, and five to seven percent respectively in normal conditions. Um, I guess the key, the key point to make here though is that um, you have significantly reduced liquidity in the property market, where buying or selling at reasonable prices can take a long period of time. Um, you know, which, which is um, Something you need to consider. Liquidity as an investor is important if you do uh, need to raise cash at, at, um, as a result of unforeseen circumstances. And finally, um, you know, investors that are looking to achieve financial freedom, they do well. They don't necessarily need to do this, but they should definitely consider uh, diversifying. Uh, putting all your eggs in one basket will likely not end well. Uh, try to diversify your portfolio across different geogra geographies, sectors, and asset classes, uh, which could consist of a mix of shares and bonds, for example. And you can reduce risk by investing in funds, ETFs, or investment trusts, which have exposure to a variety of underlying holdings. So you don't necessarily need to invest in individual companies. You can invest in collectives as well. Um, so as, as at the time of... Um, you know, doing this analysis, which was early September, uh, the following uh, indices and funds have 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 the following yield. So, the FTSE 100 has a yield of about three and a half percent. The S&P 500 has a yield of 1.1 percent. Um, there is an iShares corporate bond index, which is uh, administered by BlackRock, uh, which has a yield of two percent. And uh, I found a legal and general all stocks gill index trust, which has a yield of 0.8%. Apologies if you can hear sirens in the background. Um, so yeah, you've also got to be flexible with your income requirements if you wish to have financial freedom. Um, you know, markets can be volatile and prices can fluctuate wildly. And so this may in turn impact your portfolio yield for uh, an uncertain time period. And so you need to be cognizant of that and be willing to reduce your spending during these uh, tempestuous market conditions. Just going on from that, if you are unwilling to reduce your spending in poor market conditions, um, chances are you'll need to sell assets at distressed prices to cover the shortfall between the income generated and your, um, you know, the amount of money you need to, to cover your um, living costs. And uh, that isn't a sustainable solution as it will result in capital exhaustion or capital depreciation at least. Okay, so just, just bringing this all together. Uh, so what actions can you take today? 
So number one is uh, consistently save and invest your money. So in order to benefit in a capitalist society, you need to accumulate capital, which generates passive income. You know, that that, that is a key tenet to to why we do this you know you want you want your money to be working for you and and this can be generated from investing in stocks bonds and real estate uh, the second action you can do is to calculate your estimated living costs in retirement um, you know if you can quantify this figure you'll be able to calculate a ballpark capital requirement which gives you a target um, so according to a which survey uh, retired UK households spend uh, about £2,200 per month, which is around 26000 a year. And this, this corresponds to a capital requirement of £650,000 with a yield of 4%. Um, so use this as a starting point if you're unsure uh, as to what your income requirements will be. So final words from me. Uh, in the wise words of Warren Buffett, if you don't find a, a way to make money while you sleep, you will work till you die. That is some cheery sentiment. Uh, so yeah, accumulating a, a diversified pool of assets uh, which generate cash over the very long run is a way to make your money work for you. And this will reduce stress and give you the peace of mind to focus on what truly matters in life. You know, I mean, a, a key part of why I invest is ultimately to um, benefit those around me and myself to, to live a more fulfilling life you know you, you in my opinion you shouldn't you shouldn't accumulate capital just for the sake of it you, you want to actually um you want to you want to put that to use at some point you know be it for future generations or for, for altruistic means ultimately um and also yeah just going back to retirement you know don't think of the word retirement as a phase of life where you are old and decrepit. Um, it's a phase of life in which you are no longer transacting your time for money. And this is a key step to ensure ultimate freedom. So there were my thoughts on financial freedom. I hope you found uh, this podcast somewhat informative. Um, I'll just state that all views are my own and, and, and none of this should be regarded as financial advice. Uh, if you are unsure of making any investment decision, please contact a professional. If you enjoyed this podcast, um, please feel free to share or leave a comment if you can. Um, if you want to learn more about me uh, and, and sort of um, see more of my content that I'm producing, please follow me on Instagram. Uh, my handle is Kaysen underscore analytics. Um, and I'll post uh some links in the in the show notes but yeah thank you very much for listening guys and uh take care out there and most importantly keep calm and ride the vol